Hello, my friends. Welcome back to What's Next. I'm your host, Dr. Paige Perkey. In today's episode, we will be discussing essential oils and how it can be used as a tool for your mind, body, and, if you believe in spirituality, your spiritual health too. To support me in this effort, I will be interviewing Stephanie Mayhom. She originally is from Southern California, but has been living in the Memphis region since 2000. She's a former professional dancer with Ballet Memphis, and after 14 seasons with the company, is now a full-time Pilates instructor, ballet instructor, and body art instructor, as well as a holistic health coach through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and Essential Oils Educator with Young Living Essential Oils. Stephanie loves empowering people to know, understand, and nourish their bodies in order to take their health and well-being into their own hands, to make fully informed decisions through education, connection, and community. She loves animals and is a huge supporter of local farmers and food. In fact, her three favorite hobbies include rescuing animals, cooking, and eating delicious food. I mean, really, I think we can all resonate with that. What's not to love about eating yummy food, right? (laughs) And I love that she categorizes that as her hobby. (laughs) Without further ado, here is the wonderful interview with Stephanie regarding essential oils. Please enjoy. How would you define essential oils? Can you tell us its background, its history, etc.? Sure. Essential oils are basically just plant extracts. So they're usually steam distilled or extracted by cold pressing, absolute extraction, or resin distraction. Or I'm sorry, resin extraction is what I meant to say. They're basically the um, plant's defense system against predators, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like the thing that makes black pepper spicy. Or um, so they're basically just the chemical constituents that make up the, I guess you could call it the immune system of the plant, but really it's the defense system of the plant. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what essential oils are. I have some things that I could read that I of a resource that I really like. Essential oils are natural aromatic oils released by plants to protect themselves from predators. And I mean, that's like just basically the, the, short, the short answer of it. Some people call it the lifeblood of the plant. Of course, we understand that plants don't have blood, but it's basically the life support system of the plant, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's what allows the plant to continue to live. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like, because, you know, I mean, if you've ever done any kind of gardening, you know that as a plant ages and gets ready to sort of bolt or release its seeds, Mm -hmm. it can produce chemicals that are really bitter which keep it from getting eaten, whether by humans or by animals. And that basically allows it to continue its life cycle. Okay. So that's basically what essential oils are. They're just that, the the defense system of a plant. (laughs) Interesting. And so those processes you were talking about earlier, that's the process of extracting that oil from the plant? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Essential oils act as protectors against fungi, bacteria, insects, and other predators, and they play an important role in attracting pollinators and prevent other botanicals from growing in their territory. So again, it's kind of like the, (laughs) it's exactly what we were talking about, sort of this defense, this defense system of the plant. And when we use the means of steam distillation or cold pressing through extraction, we're we're extracting those plant chemical constituents um, from the plant itself and then we're able to use those within our body. Mm -hmm. Do you know by chance which process of extracting the oil is most effective and why? Like what's the best way? Does it depend on the oil, the plant, or is it one process across all plants? What are your thoughts? It's It's dependent on the plant for sure. So most um, um, plants, and we're talking, you know, the flowers, the leaves, the bark, the seeds, right? It's all parts of just specific parts of the plants that are being distilled or extracted. Most of the time, I would say the most popular process is through that first one we talked about, the steam distillation. There are some 
there are some plant compounds that are better, like citrus oils are cold pressed from the rind. Mm -hmm. So they don't go through any kind of steam, steaming process. And then some oils like frankincense or myrrh, those are extracted from the resin. So it's like the resin, basically almost like the sap that, that comes out of a tree. Mm-hmm. that's where that oil comes from. So when you get a bottle of that, it can be really crystallized. It can be very, very thick because it's coming from that resin of the tree. And then there are a few, I believe, I only know of one off the top of my head that is chemically extracted using a solvent, and that is jasmine. Hmm. Jasmine, in order to extract the oil, you have to use a chemical solvent in order to extract the oil from the flowers. So it really is dependent on the plant. And really, I think that over, you know, the thousands of years that oils have been, or essential oil or botanicals have been used, they have really discovered what is the best for each specific plant. Yeah, okay, that was really insightful. Thank you for sharing. So what are some of the research-based benefits? I know there's probably a lot depending on the specific oil that we're referring to, but can you give us like a highlight of the most common research benefits and their associated oils for the listener so they can make informed decisions? Sure. So I think the important thing to know about essential oils is that they are an arm of plant and herbal medicine, right? They're, a, they're, they're part of that sort of over-enveloping system. And the reason why they are so helpful in supporting the body system is they act as regulators for the body, right? They work with regulating the body systems in a, I guess you would call it a holistic manner in that it's not sort of a if you're talking from like an allopathic Western medicine point of view, a sort of appeasing of symptom. We're looking at where there is imbalance and those chemical constituents of these plants are coming to support that. Mm. So really the whole body can be supported and helped through the use of essential oils, whether we're talking about the immune system, the respiratory system, digestive system, musculoskeletal, um, even going into emotional well-being and some of those those mental and emotional states can definitely be supported by these oils. When you're looking at um, the immune system, just say, I, I did look up some things here. There are certain oils. When, when we're talking about oils, I suppose the most research, and you can look at this through search engines like PubMed or Google Scholar, things like that, they're looking at specific constituents, chemical constituents within that oil. So they're not, and sometimes they're saying, oh, you know, there's a study on clove extract, but most of the time they're breaking down the chemical constituents within that one essential oil and seeing how that specific constituent can support certain things that they're trying to study, Mm -hmm. right? So with certain oils, just say cinnamon, and clove or even frankincense and lemon though there's um let's say let me see how to break this down so in cinnamon and clove they have there's an oil a constituent in there called one eight cineol and when in specific studies which i've um, i've read some of they've been shown to increase modulation of the immune system basically, or even with frankincense and lemon. Here, let me pull up this this one because I think it's really interesting. So like with frankincense and lemon, it helps to modulate lymphocyte production. So white cell production, which Mm -hmm. is an essential part of your immune system and how your immune system functions properly. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool, right? To think about like these oils being studied and granted, you know, it's, I think probably less, less likely that some of these natural products are studied more so than maybe like a, a product that is produced by a by, you know, a larger entity, but it's pretty interesting to be able to watch some of, to look at these studies and say, Hey, 
these like phytochemical constituents of these particular product, essential frankincense essential oil, lemon essential oil, help to sort of modulate these, you know, sort of create these situations where your immune system is being upregulated by these by these oils. So that's really interesting for me because of course you can use them and have you can have anecdotal experience with oils in that you use them and they create some kind of something happening within your body, right? But it's really nice to be able to look into the research and see that some of these chemical constituents or even just the oils themselves are being studied to and 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 are are seeing great results when it comes to again regulating those different body systems. One other one that I wanted to talk about that I found was really interesting. Let me find it first. Oh, this was another one. So this one was like kind of similar to tea tree or similar to what I was saying when it comes to like the cinnamon oil, the clove oil, when it comes to immune support. Mm -hmm. This one was, again, had an effect on the human white blood cells, right? So I was reading this and it said, the culture of cells in medium contains serum caused more activation of those white blood cells, of the creation of those white blood cells than those that were not in, within the medium of the, t- of the, of the um, experiment. So that was really interesting. I'm trying to see if I had, I had another one that I was, oh, this one was really interesting, but this was talking more about um, the use of peppermint oil when it comes to digestive support or even helping to support some you know, relatively serious digestive issues. So this was a this is a case report about the treatment of small intestinal bacterial overgrowth with enteric coated peppermint oil. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting because it basically showed that menthol, which is the which is the main constituent in peppermint oil, was was very beneficial. That it has a strong the, the actual menthol has a strong antimicrobial um, has strong antimicrobial activity. So when it comes to sort of assisting in regulating some of those digestive issues that happen within the body, taking the enteric coated peppermint oil was found to be incredibly helpful as opposed to the placebo where they weren't doing that. So that was really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, and of course I have all of these things. If you want to I have all of these studies if you'd like to have them within, you know, the notes or whatever for the show, if people want to look at them Thanks. themselves. But yeah, so I think that again, with within the within the scope of looking at how the how these plants using it's basically using the defense system of the plant within the within the human body, right? And we know that for many, many years humans and plants have been co-evolving and coexisting together mm-hmm. and so it makes perfect sense that even before the advent of modern medicine that these two worlds would would come together mm-hmm. in a symbiotic relationship to support one another mm-hmm. right so and what and basically what the what the oils do within the plant are then being used within the human body so i love that it's really cool it, it's like if the human being is a system, right? It's like a puzzle. And maybe we're having, we have a couple puzzle pieces that are missing. And so basically the plant, the essential oil helps to fill in those puzzle pieces to help create a more regulated or a more holistic version of that person, if that makes sense. Right, exactly. And I think that it's um, as much as you can use them, obviously, in a targeted fashion, a targeted manner to look at this one thing that's happening, we know that the physical body is completely integrated. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we want to look at symptoms and we want to look at relieving some of those things. But, you know, it's the the use of essential oils is, again, part of this larger picture of what you would call maybe integrative or even holistic medicine where we're looking at why things are happening and then addressing addressing the whole system right so mm-hmm. sort of the whole root cause scenario as opposed to just looking at that one thing but you were right you're right in that like being this integrated system and having all of these pieces and sometimes the pieces start to 
either just be misaligned or even sort of be put out of place. This is a great way to help sort of realign some of those things along with along with many other lifestyle choices. Right. Um, combi- combination, right? They might seem miraculous to some people, and it's not to say that they are not, but they are really part of a system mm-hmm. of a lot of different things that um, contribute to like health and vitality. And I really like that you pointed out, it's, it's really, it's an important point to mention. I was talking to a acupuncturist. She also, I believe, is a neurologist, and she was talking about, too, that you know, in Western medicine, we tend to treat the symptom and in, but with a more holistic approach, it's, you're using different, uh, a combination of different tools such as essential oils to, to tackle and address the root cause or that's the goal. Right. And that's yeah. not to say we can't have a blended perspective, but Absolutely. I do appreciate the blend of both. I'm glad that you, you mentioned that because it's really, it's important. It's very important. I think, you know, I think it's just sometimes it's a difference of how you view the body mm-hmm. when you, so for me, I view the body as, as a miracle. You know, like I see the way, you know, it's like, you don't have to think about breathing. Your lungs and your respiratory system work on their own without you thinking your heart pump, pumps blood throughout your system. And it was meant to function perfectly. And again, you know, whatever that word means. But so when I see things that kind of are, that draw my attention, when something comes into my body or my system and I'm like, hmm, what what's happening there? I don't look at it as a, again, don't get me wrong. I'm not like, yes, give me a headache, but (laughs) I have to look at why it's happening because within our system, we were made to function. And so when we do sort of get these big flashing lights that say, look at me, look at me, look at me, we have to look at what's happening within the system and what's causing that. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, because again, like when we were talking earlier about just being able to breathe outside and how, there, you know, there's been this shift with, with human beings, unbe- you know, being unable to breathe the air that's provided for us or, or eat the foods that are grown. And, you know, and, and again, it's multifactorial, but like at the same time, we have to look at that. We yeah. have to look at why our bodies are not functioning optimally mm-hmm. and what can we do to plug in and to support it so that it can. Yeah. So what is your process in figuring out, like, what's your problem-solving process in figuring out, okay, I'm having this this situation happen in my body. How do you go about finding the right, quote, oil for you? And obviously, that's a very individualized process, but what's your process? Maybe sharing that will help others in their journey. Sure. Um. So if it's something physical, like superficially physical, like, oh, I have a headache, which also can be, can have a lot of different root causes, obviously, but, or even like a muscle, you know, I've got, oh, I've got this, I've got this sore shoulder or a sore neck. Well, you know, first of all, I look at what have I been doing? (laughs) What have I been doing all day to sort of lead me to that? Have I been sedentary? Have I had enough water? Like those are kind of like, that's the lowest hanging fruit, right? Of like, diagnosing quote unquote yourself and being Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, what has sort of led me to here? Right. And then I do those things first. Okay. If I've been sitting all day, I'm like, okay, it's time to get up. It's time to move the body. It's time to do something, you know, whatever that is. Have I been sitting here with this full glass of water and it's still full because I haven't had any water. Okay. I'm going to drink that, you know, but then when it comes to trying to figure out what oil to use, I mean, I have a sort of, you know, because I've been using them for several years, I have a mental catalog of things that I know work for me, right? So I know that if I'm having some head tension, you know, I'm going to reach for the wintergreen and the peppermint and those sort of minty oils that number one can help relieve some of that minor tension, but also help with sort of the accompanying bad feelings that come with having a headache, right? Like the nausea, the, you know, some of those things where you're like, oh, 
I just feel terrible, right? Mm -hmm. When it comes to something a little bit more complex, like supporting an emotion or some kind of feeling, you really have to kind of dig deep into why you're feeling what you're feeling, you know? Because sometimes people will come to me and be like, oh, what oil do you have for this? And I'm like, okay, well, what cause, what do you think is the root cause? Again, the root cause of those feelings. Is it overwhelm? Is it panic? Is it, you know, and then how do we, how can we choose from there, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes feelings can come because of like an overactivity of like a super high vibrational activity, you know, like where you're like, oh my gosh, like everything is, I'm on edge. Okay. So you need to use something maybe that sort of calm is calming, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes if someone is very low, like a, you know, maybe in a slightly depressive state, you want to use something that's more uplifting, right? Mm -hmm. Something like a citrus oil. When you smell it, you're like, oh my gosh, that smells amazing right? It smells, it smells so good. And it's really uplifting my spirits, right? And I mean, I guess we could also go now into like sort of how those how aromatherapy affects your brain, mm -hmm. right? And how um, especially your emotional state is that, you know, at the top of your sinuses, is the part of your brain that houses your limbic system, right? And your limbic system houses your emotion, and your memory, right? Which is why smells can evoke memory right yeah. like you smell something and you're like oh my goodness right like, you know or even you it can it can actually even have a visceral reaction in your body where you smell something and you're like oh my mouth started watering it smells amazing right like those are those are body functions that are involuntary right and that's pretty amazing I mean I remember one time I was somewhere and it was just this flash of a smell and all of a sudden I was transported back you know, to 14 years old in, you know, this dormitory lobby, like a lobby of a dormitory where, you know, I went for a ballet summer program and I was there and I could see it perfectly just for a second. Yeah. And I don't, and then it went away, right? It went away, but it was just, I was immediately transported. And that's why aromatherapy can be so beneficial and healing toward emotional and mental states. Mm -hmm. because they activate the parts of the brain that help you to unlock some of those things that maybe need to be unpacked, you know? Yeah, I love that. It, I was processing while you were talking, that, uh, talking about that, how it's like with the help of essential oils, we're, we're recreating states of being that are... It, basically, it's it's a way to self-soothe, and we're we're recreating using these tools for self-soothing, and that mm -hmm. self-soothing can look very different depending on your state, right? If you're feeling, like you said, if you're feeling down, maybe you need an oil that's going to lift you up, or vice versa, right? If you're a little overstimulated, maybe you need some lavender to calm down. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and I mean, I think, and the more that we can find tools to moderate ourselves right and to sort of bring in ways to um like you said self-soothe or even it just brings an awareness to your body of i've got this yeah. and again that's not to say that we don't seek you know attention when it's needed but i think that in itself is so um empowering empowering yeah and, free and freeing right to be able to say because I think that sort of, you know, all of this, all of even essential oils, plant medicine, it's all rooted in this passing down of information, right? Like it's, it's this um, sort of oral history that we don't really have nearly as much of as we used to, right? Like when we used to live, when there used to be multi-generational homes, or even when we were in tribal communities, where we learned from elders, we learned from experience, we learned from storytelling. And we don't have that as much anymore because we all live in separate homes. Granted, we're connected through the internet and through social media, but we don't have that same kind of community mm -hmm. of learning from each other. And I think that that's so important. It's oh. so important to pass down that knowledge of the, the, okay, you're in this situation. Again, everybody's different, but here are some suggestions of what to do. This is what I did with my children, or this is what I did with myself. And 
then you try it and it works for you or you modify it and then you continue to pass that on to people as well you know it's that it's that oral tradition of passing on of knowledge that is is sort of it's less prevalent in our society today and i think it's so important oh i totally agree you're speaking my love language it it's actually getting a little off topic for a moment it's reminding me of the education system the present education system and where we're at and you know i'm seeing i'm noticing a lot of college students will be in their programs and they really don't like what they're learning but they've got to do it to get a job and i think that if we actually had not only you know education like learning life skill programs that you know it's more of like a mentorship where there is that oral tradition i think that mm-hmm. would be really effective and more supportive in our human development as a species. But anyway, <laughs> that was off topic, but switching back a little bit, how would you use or how do you use essential oils to help you support your decision-making, problem-solving process? Um, so I think that, again, there's probably a lot of factors that come into, uh, into that question, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's helpful to use oils that help you focus, right? That, that are, that are, you know, whether, and again, that's different for everyone. For me, I love using an oil like peppermint Mm -hmm. because, well, number one, it's my favorite oil, (laughs) favorite oil ever. But when I, when I use it, particularly in the middle of my day, I'll take a, take a drop of it. I'll rub my hands together. I'll breathe it in. It just awakens something in me. Number one, it it wakes me up because of that just strong menthol, like straight to my straight to my brain, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, for me, it helped. That oil helps with getting me focused onto what I'm doing right here and right there. Now, I think that there's something to be said about the act of choosing something, creating a tradition or a ritual around that. And then that being what brings you into being able to make a decision, right? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's an intention. Right. Right? It, so and I think intentional work is, a, is the most important work, right? You're saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this, whether it's an oil, whether it's a moment for breath, whether it's a moment to express gratitude, whatever it is that brings you into this moment and says, this is what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that there are definitely oils. Um, Like I was just reading something about lavender and an oil called vetiver, um, which they've studied and like they've, you know, within the, the group that got the lavender oil or the vetiver oil and control, they found that they were able to stay on task within an activity more frequently or with better, you know, with better results mm-hmm. than those who were not, right? So I think certainly there are oils. Again, why are you why are you having trouble coming to a decision? Why are you having trouble focusing? Is it because your mind is going a mile a minute? Is it because you're unmotivated and you're way down here? Again, you have to try to figure out what what kind of modulation you need. There's there's a lot that can be done within that within that question though. There are certainly oils like like I said, lavender, cedarwood, vetiver, some of the mint oils, some of the tree oils. You know, the tree oils I always like to think they're they're they always tend to be very grounding. Mm-hmm. You think about a tree and how like you know a giant fir tree and how they've got these giant trunks and these roots that set down into the ground and you know very not very rarely do they fall down but they're these strong sort of pinnacles and that's how i feel about those oils they tend to be very grounding very mm-hmm. very calming and so again just depends on what what you need and why and why you're having sort of challenges within that within that question mhm yeah I like that. So again, and I, I feel like I've been saying this throughout every episode, but it's so true. It's, it's again, I feel like it goes back to self-experimentation. And I, I like that you mentioned the setting the intention. I think that's pretty, pretty important because, I mean, how can you effectively problem solve if you are operating in an automatic, non-intentional way? 
right? When you're solving right. a problem, I mean, you're very focused, you're intentional. So that setting that intention as part of that process, not only in the problem solving process, but also in choosing the essential oils. I, I really mm-hmm. appreciate that and totally agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Have you ever noticed any resistance to people's, really you have, so... Uh, and, and yeah, for, for those who don't know, I, I can see Stephanie. <laughs> so we're able to see each other when we're talking. So what, how would you respond to people's resistance? You know, I think that most of the time resistance to being open to something like essential oils or anything beyond sort of this realm of a very small realm of, I mean, I would say, okay, the majority of the people who are sort of skeptical about essential oils don't believe that there's any science behind them. So they're very much like, okay, well, prove it, prove it. Right. And again, proof is the, I mean, you could say the proof is in the pudding, Mm -hmm. but there is, there is something to be said about whether or not the, uh, can you can talk about the placebo effect as well. Like, you know, what is like 33%, you know, the placebo effect is like 33%, um, you know, um, not accurate. That's not what I'm trying to, effective, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the power of the mind to be able to be open enough and to believe that something like this could have a profound effect on your body and the world around you, is something that someone has to be willing to be open to in order to invite effects into their body. I know that that sounds very woo woo, but if there's a closedness to somebody's ability to believe in something that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what that substance is. You can, your mind is so powerful to be able to say, well, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and we're talking about, the most powerful of drugs, mm-hmm. even, right? You know, again, everybody, every body chemistry is different, right? So, so I don't know how, I wouldn't say that I have, I have a way of combating it because you really have to be able, you have to establish trust with people in order for them to even ever believe that you are worthy of, of them entrusting you with, whatever is going on in their life. Right. I know that sounds, that sounds a little silly, but you can throw science. I mean, and there's tons of it. So the people who, who say, oh, well, those things haven't been studied. They have, like, you can literally very easily go on to PubMed and find thousands of studies that have been done on, on essential oils or their individual chemical constituents. It's a lazy person that says, there is no science behind it. Mm-hmm. So you just literally, you are, I know a lot of people say, oh, well, you've got a Google degree. We have the world at our fingertips when it comes to the internet. And sure, there's a lot of information out there that might not be trustworthy, but there are a lot of places to look that that are, mm-hmm. right? right? So so I think that you just have to meet people where they are. You have to, I mean, for me, it's a matter of just sharing with people and, and loving people. You know, I have, you know, someone says I'm struggling with this. They don't, and sometimes they don't ask me, you know, I'd be like, you know what, here, I made this for you. Would you, I mean, if you want to try it, try it. If you don't, you don't have to use it, but it's like, and I think that in itself is a softening of someone's armor and resistance to why they don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Whether it's, whether it's using plant medicine or whatever, but you have to be able, our world is all about connection. And so if we continue to sort of put up these boundaries around us and again, boundaries are good. Let's mm-hmm. not, let's not, uh, let's not deny that. But um, ultimately we have to be willing to be malleable and to allow things to be on the table that might not fit within our narrative because otherwise where are we, you mm-hmm. know, where are we as humans? Or even if you're a scientist, science is never, there's never anything that's settled. We are consistently learning every single day, new things about the body that we didn't know before. So for someone to say, oh, well, it's been figured out. Yeah, but you know what? There's always, there. it's always changing. So we have to be open to that, whether, and that's just in general, right? I mean, mm-hmm. whether it's 
you know, any environment, you know, um, we have to be willing to look at the possibilities. You don't have to choose them. But like you said, we cannot make informed decisions if we're willing to close, a, you know, to turn a blind eye to something that could be helpful because it doesn't fit within our belief system. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we need to be able to be open to be willing to invite things in, in order to grow as a human, you know, and to grow in our knowledge. Again, if you could grow into your knowledge and still think the same thing that you thought before, but if you don't actually look into it just because you believe that it won't work because so-and-so told you that they're gooey or they're, you don't, you don't believe that there's actual, you know, physical evidence of the fact that they work, then you know, then you're, then not to say I feel sorry for you, but I, 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 I have compassion for you. And I hope that you can be open enough to, to look at all of the possibilities. Right. I, t- I totally agree with that. You brought up a lot of really great points. Being, I think being open is, it's part of being human, really, to be open to, to learning. Because the moment that you think you know everything. You're, you're. I don't want to say you're shooting yourself in the foot, but you know what I mean. Like the moment you think you, the moment you think you've learned every. Okay, let me start over. The moment you think you know everything is the moment you have chosen not to learn, and you're only hurting yourself. And you also made me think of um, an example of the power of the mind. So there was a study done. It was conducted at the University of Memphis, and they had a placebo group and an actual treatment group. So the group the, treat, the group that actually received whatever the intervention was. In this case, it was alcohol, right? And so the placebo group thought they were receiving alcohol, but they didn't. And at the end of the test, at the end of the intervention, they told everyone, you know, okay, you can go home now. And they were like, what? No, man, I'm wasted. I need to ride home. And they were like, no, 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 no. It was a placebo. It tasted like it. It smelled like it. But you are not drunk, and like that, and and you know they really thought that they were they were intoxicated, and that shows you the power of the mind. Number one, and then number two, you brought up another interesting point about research, and that I think we are in a present day real life experiment with the COVID virus. I mean, that should tell you yes, there isn't an intention, a purpose behind science because we want to help people and we want to generalize to as many people as possible. That's why we try to get a representative sample of different ethnicities, races, what have you. But we're seeing that COVID affects people very differently. And so that's something to just be mindful of when we're experimenting, not only with essential oils, but with any of these tools that we talk about in the podcast, because you just, you never know. And if you don't give yourself the opportunity, how are you going to know? Yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So definitely met with a lot of resistance. I think also because like they've become so popular and, um, again, like, you know, within the popularity of a product, you can get differences in quality and you can get differences in what, you know, people making claims and all of these things. And, you know, we, we make no claims um, because again, every single person is different. I will, I will tell you how I use things and how they help me, but I would never tell you that that, that is a guarantee that they will work that way for you because we really, we can make no guarantees in life with any intervention, someone can have, again, like you said, whether it's a placebo or not, can have a far differing experience with something just based on, or based on many different factors, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that's it also is that, you know, we're being inundated with a lot of information about these and, you know, quality matters. Mm-hmm. Quality matters when you're using any product, right? Whether it's uh, what food, right? Like whether you choose to buy this food, that food, whether it's this product or that product. And, you know, you have to be a very, um, you have to be an informed consumer to be able to make, again, you don't want to, you don't want to, to choose something just because it has a buzzword attached to it um, and expect a result when, you know, maybe, well, number one, don't expect a result, but you know, like, <laughs> but, you know, I, I just think that you do, you do have to look at the quality of the product as well. 
Mm-hmm. So how do you go about discerning the quality of the product? Are there specific brands that you recommend and why? Well, so I do work with an essential oil company, right? So of course I believe in the, in that particular company. And it's not to say that there aren't other great companies as well. I think that you do have to look at the manufacturing processes and how, so for me, the company that I work with, we are one of the only companies to own our own farms and we have for over 25 years, Mm -hmm. right? And so from the beginning of, from the, from the selection of the seed, through the growing process, through the, cho- the choosing of when you're going to harvest, to how it's distilled, to how it's bottled, labeling, sealing, all of those things, we're in control as well as, as, well as third-party testing. Um, so I think that they're kind of like with some of, some of the other things that are becoming very popular, it can be very unregulated. Right, mm-hmm. like um, an essential oil can be called therapeutic grade, with really no, there's it, there's not a whole lot behind giving it that particular um, label, sort of approval. Exactly, it's not even approval; it's just li- literally written on the label. Um, and so, you do have to look at companies that have. They don't have to be um, a long-standing company necessarily, but I think that a long-standing company with a good reputation is helpful, right? I think a lot of people choose the particular company that I work for because they have a relationship with people who who also distribute it, and they trust them. Again, I don't want I I don't expect anybody to trust me just based on me, right? But I I believe that experiencing them for yourself is important and then aligning yourself with a company that you believe in. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is best for me. I, I find things that I like through the people who I trust. If I have friends, if I have practitioners who are like, you know what, I'm, I'm as picky as you are, Stephanie, and I've done the research. I've tried all these things. And this was the one that I choose. That's usually where I'll start right? It's word of mouth. I mean, I really think that word of mouth is the best because you know someone has experienced it and then they have that to be able to share with you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure there are other people who have different standards for how they choose products, but I do, I tend to do a lot of research when I'm looking at things. I, I am very ethical. I'm very, I'm very into like environmental stewardship and sustainability and so that's important for me you know i'm on the board of the cooper young farmers market so how the planet is being cared for how the people are being cared for those are all important to me in in choosing a product because i don't want to choose a product that is taking advantage of people or the planet Mm -hmm. so and so that's why i chose the particular company that i work with because i felt like it sort of met all of those needs and I'm, and I'm picky. I'm a very, very picky person when it comes, you know, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, you know what, just pick a dang futon cover. You know, it's like, you have to, <laughs> you have to read all the reviews, you have to read if it's read, you know, where it's made and don't, you know, you know, all those things. So it's, you know, I'm very, I'm very picky about what I choose. And, and so I think that of course, research is important, but also knowing people, knowing people who have experienced experienced a particular brand or a particular product, I think that's the most important part. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. It's you appreciate a you appeal to your cognit your cognition, like you like to be informed, but you also uh, as part of your decision making process, you use a more social approach. You you enjoy that. I, I appreciate that. I have a high, I have a high BS meter, you know, like, so, or a very, very well-tuned, I think. And so I can tell, I'm not a skeptical person. I really, I I am a skeptical person, but when meeting people, I'm not skeptical. I I don't believe in, um, like, in, in malintent for a lot of people. And so I give a lot of people the benefit of a doubt, a benefit of the doubt, which, you know, can be a downfall sometimes. I'm very trusting, but I also listen to people. And I'm just, I think I'm very good at reading people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of come in with a clear intention. And if I don't get what I want from somebody, like, or the information, then, you know, maybe I go, then I, then I kind of expand, right? So I don't know. I just think that there are many ways, definitely. But I, I look for a company that aligns with my values. And that's why, I, that's, and then I found it, so. Yeah, 
That's awesome. Yeah. Is there, yeah. are there any tips that you would recommend that would, that you have found? So you mentioned earlier, you mentioned setting an intention is really helpful with when using essential oils. Are there any other tips that the listener should consider when uh, using essential oils to maximize the benefit for them? So I guess we didn't talk about how you use oils. You can use oils three different ways, right? You can use them topically, whether it's straight out of the bottle or diluted within like a carrier, a fatty oil, like a carrier oil, like coconut oil, or you know something with large molecules that helps to dilute you know, the, um, when you are applying it to your skin and that can help with absorption or also help with, you know, whether or not you have any kind of sensitivities. Like I have very sensitive skin. So there are certain oils that I absolutely would always dilute just because they have a tendency to be a little bit more, they're not irritating. They're just, they just have a stronger chemical constituent that might be hot or might be cold or things like that. So, mm-hmm. You can obviously use them aromatically, whether that's through a diffuser or it's straight out of the bottle or in your hands. And then you can use them internally, which is, I think, a controversial subject, whether or not people take them internally. The, there, I think it depends on your school of thought. You know, the French have been using them internally through the French Aromatherapy School for many, many, many years. I think the levels in which you have to inject them in order for them to be you know, maybe cause um, some issues with liver or glutathione or things like that, it's pretty high. So, you know, um, we're talking like mills and mills and mills of of oil that yeah. you would be ingesting at once. So again, that would be your own personal decision and personal discretion. So I can't remember the question. <laughs> You're fine. No, I was just asking, what are some tips that you would recommend to help the listener maximize the benefits? Right. So I would say it just depends on what you're trying to address, right? So oftentimes when it comes to like emotional states, mental states, aromatherapy is fantastic, right? It's it's because again, we talked about the limbic system. We talked about what happens when you inhale them and into, into the part of your brain, right? So it depends anything that you inhale, anything you put on your body, anything you ingest, obviously, is going into your bloodstream. So again, with the quality, you have to make sure that you're using the best quality, right? You don't want to do something that you think is doing, that you're doing good for yourself, but use a poor quality product, and then it ends up either harming you or something like that, right? Just because something is natural does not mean that it's safe and does not mean that you can use it willy-nilly without any kind of um, precautions or discretion, right? So, um, so I would say that it just depends on what you're trying to address. If something is topical, you know, like, again, like we talked about the muscle tension or the head tension, you want to apply it, right? Like you want to apply to the areas that are being affected. When it's something like respiratory or digestive, possibly take, or at least with digestion, I was just reading something from, you know, we were talking about the enteric coated peppermint, taking something internally or even just applying to the belly, right? Absor- it's absorbed into the skin and directly into the area that's affected, right? Mm-hmm. So it just depends. It depends on what you're trying to address, but you and, and, and it depends on what you are comfortable doing. You know, some people start off with just aromatherapy and it's, in, or, you know, using it aromatherapeutically, aromatically is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and it's, it's an effect, it's effective, right? Because again, everything you breathe is going into your bloodstream. Also a reason to be careful with what you're cleaning with. Um, (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. Like all of the stuff that's happening right now. And so, you know, you just have to, you just have to choose, choose Mm -hmm. what makes sense for you and whatever you're trying to, trying to sort of address. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I I like that. Something that I have found effective is using essential oils in combination with other tools. Like for instance, we've talked about yoga in in this podcast. So maybe, you know, I've I've seen some people do this even at the studio. I've never done it, but they'll put like essential oils like on their neck or on their wrists and, or they'll diffuse it like at home. If you have a home practice diffusing it, 
next to where you're going to be practicing. If you go get a massage, you know, asking them to maybe experiment with some oils, just instead of, you know, using it in isolation, which could very well be beneficial. I mean, I sleep with essential oils, but maybe also using it in different ways could enhance the benefits too. Have you noticed anything? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I use, I mean, we use them all the time. So I love to use certain oils, you know, again, depending on what you're trying to support, but, but like I use a lot of respiratory support oils before I do a tough workout. Like I don't do very many tough workouts, but you know, if I know something's sort of going to be taxing on my, on my lungs, right. Or my heart, I'm like, okay, I'm going to put these, I'm going to breathe these oils in. I like, I love to rub it on my chest to kind of open everything up or before I go rock climbing or something like that. Right. I always carry certain oils. Like I literally carry them in my pocket when I go onto a plane Mm -hmm. because I know that I'm going to feel or more than likely going to feel certain things on the plane, whether it's peppermint, because, you know, sometimes the travel makes me feel, you know, not great in my stomach, or I use an oil that I know calms me down if there's turbulence, Mm -hmm. right? Like, absolutely, there are ways to use things. And especially, like you were saying, with the yoga practice, there's so many beautiful oils that are so supportive to the body, whether it's getting into getting into a grounded, meditative, intentional state. And again, that's individual, but at the same time, something like frankincense, something like myrrh, something like lavender or vetiver, like we were talking about cedarwood, you know, these are oils. Some of these are used in, they're still used traditionally in churches, in ceremonies, in, in, you know what I mean? Like there are things that that have been used since the beginning of man or whatever, you know, in, in a very ceremonial ways on purpose, mm-hmm. Palo Santo, like, you know, there's so many things, Kapal, that people use for so many different reasons, and they're just, they're just different, they've, they've been extracted into this oil, right, mm-hmm. which makes it a little bit more accessible for you than, like, you know, swinging your incense ball, you know, <laughs> walking through your house, you know, like, like you're in Catholic church or something, but you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. so I think that um, these are things that people have been using for so long for so many reasons and i think that combining those with whatever practice you have for whatever reason can be really helpful yeah are there any funny or memorable stories related to essential oils that you'd like to share (laughs) well one time (laughs) it's not about me actually it's about my boyfriend but one time he and this is a great story for dilution he was doing something with this oil that we have called thieves, right? Mm-hmm. So thieves oil, right? It's a, it's a blend. It's our immune support blend, you know, cinnamon, clove, eucalyptus, lemon, and rosemary. And cinnamon and clove are hot oils. Like those are oils that if you get them on your skin, you can feel it. It's hot. And so you always want to use dilution, but he was doing something. I can't remember what he was doing, but somehow he got it in his eye. <gasps> and yeah, not good, right? And also it's a very similar feeling to if you were like, you know, cutting jalapenos or something and then rub your eyes or wherever else. And so I immediately went and got some coconut oil. Like I just like went to the kitchen, like scooped out the coconut oil and just, just like swiped it across his eyes, like a face mask, you know? Yeah. And, and it was immediate, it was immediate relief. Okay. Right. So if you ever, if you ever are having an issue with an oil, always dilute with the carrier oil, fatty oil, not water because water and oil, Oftentimes it can draw it closer or further into like the orifice, but yeah, so that was really funny because I feel like he was like, you know, either, I don't know, using it with flossing or putting a drop in his mouth before gargling or something. And it just happened to like splash into his eye. And, and so we managed to, we managed to soothe it very, very quickly with the coconut oil. So, so yeah, that was a pretty, it was, it wasn't funny, obviously not funny, funny in hindsight because there was no there was no damage or anything like that but I've definitely put some things in the diffuser that I was just like kind of mistakenly picked up and was like oh this is that and I put it in like oh my gosh like not something that I was expecting or not something that I necessarily was wanting at the time but but yeah that's too funny yeah I feel like I've heard a lot of those kind of stories with dilution Uh, my sister she was telling me that she put something on her chest and like immediately her chest was like blood red 
And she has very, very sensitive skin. And so, yeah, funny in hindsight, but not when it was happening. (laughs) Yeah. And again, you go ahead and you grab that coconut oil. You grab that whatever oil you have. It doesn't even matter. Just, just go ahead and put it on there and it'll definitely, it definitely eases. Well, that's the other thing, again, depending on the oil, like, there are certain oils that are perfectly fine using directly out of the bottle. We call that neat. Um, and a lot of oils, we just say for anything, this is a, yes, it's a natural product, but it's a power. It can be a very powerful product. So mm-hmm. we always say start low, go slow, mm-hmm. right? Like you start with a low amount, even in your diffuser, and then you can slowly build it up as your body gets used to it. But if you, if you do too much at once of anything, you can overwhelm the body and have a negative experience and then possibly turn yourself off from ever trying anything again. So you really just, the, the mode of, the mode of youth is really important mm-hmm. and just always starting off conservative, start off moderate, start off conservative. You do not have to jump into something, um, just because, you know, you just because again, it's a natural product doesn't mean that it's, it's just safe for all people and all beings in all, um, quantities so you just have to be you have to be careful um and hopefully have someone who can walk you through that yeah (laughs) well thank you for walking us through this we really appreciate it This this has been so great and that concludes today's episode on essential oils with stephanie hum Bear in mind, this episode was recorded two months ago, and even though it was recorded some time ago, I do hope that you found it relevant and helpful for you today. And in the future, too, right? (laughs) Now, before I sign off today, I'd like to make a couple brief announcements. The first, if you found this information helpful, yet were unable to jot down all of the tidbits of wisdom that Stephanie shared with us, please feel free to reach out to me via email so I can send you an outline, which is basically the notes that I took while editing this podcast. And so I'll provide that to you, of course, always free of charge. Second, if you enjoyed this episode, I invite you to review other episodes that resonate with you. Bear in mind, we are currently in the first series of What's Next, the first of three. And so the overall purpose of What's Next serves to equip you, the listener, with tools that support mind, body, and spiritual health and skill development, that skill known as embodied self-regulation. If you're unclear about what that skill means, I invite you again to review the first episode. And the purpose is to produce a collaborative team of empowered problem solvers aimed at co-creating innovative, sustainable solutions for the most critical social, political, economic, etc. challenges facing our society today. And that may sound utopian or naive, but as my colleague and friend Dr. Luis Bottega says, we have the conceptual tools to do it. We just have to decide. Are we ready to step in to the unknown? Are we ready to step into and define what is next? I realize that I do not have all of the answers. And I also realize the, the, the value of working with others, of strength in numbers. And so if this sounds like a, like a podcast that you would like to be a part of, I invite you to continue listening to this podcast. And also, if you'd like to take on a larger role or capacity, please feel free to reach out to me via email. And that email will be included in the description box. Last but not least, I hope to see you back next week as we discuss massage. And I do release episodes of my own personal reflections from engaging with these various tools in the hope to support you in your own self-experimentation and exploration process. Now, before we go, I'd like to end today's episode a little differently by closing with a quote that I found by Bianca, I might butcher her last name, Sparchino? We're going to go with Sparchino. And this is what it says. Be the person who cares. Be the person who makes the effort, the person who loves without hesitation. 
Be the person who bears it all, the person who never shies away from the depth of their feeling or the intensity of their hope. Be the person who believes in the softness of the world, in the goodness of other people, in the beauty of being open and untethered and trusting. Be the person who takes the chance, who refuses to hide. Be the person who makes people feel seen, the person who shows up. Trust me when I say, be the person who cares, because the world doesn't need any more carelessness, any more disregard, because there is nothing stronger than someone who continues to stay soft in a world that hasn't always been kind to them. I hope you choose to show yourself love, kindness, and compassion by choosing to experiment and explore with all of these differing tools. Thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate your support, and I hope to see you next week. Please take care of yourself and each other. Love y'all. Bye.